0: Colleen Riley is Senior Vice President of Business Development at Immersive World. She's an adjunct faculty member at the University of Denver, and she's a thought leader in the world of well-being. And now, finally, on Money Savage Maximize. Welcome, Colleen.
1: Well, good morning. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah, excited to be talking with you. Colleen, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Well, great. Happy to do so. So, um, You know, actually, my personal life and my work life are all um, integrated. Uh, I am very focused on well-being. And when I say well-being, it's both personal, professional, financial, and uh, um, physical. And so, personally, I've taught exercise classes, yoga classes for over 20 years Ran seven marathons, practiced mindfulness and meditation. Um, I live with my husband and my three kids, dog and a cat in beautiful Colorado. Nice. And um, love to ski. And uh, um, so I have parlayed all of that love for health and well-being and thriving into my work. And so for the last 22 years, um, I have focused on corporate well-being. And really focusing on how to help people thrive and not just survive. So that's come in a lot of different ways, working at uh, um, Coors Brewing Company, um, you know, in the early 2000s to working at Mayo Clinic when they were the first e-health platform and consulting with their um, Fortune 50 clients. And then back to the employer side at an organization called Melnet based in Nebraska, and spent some time there um, integrating their health care plan design with their well-being program and truly creating this culture of well-being, which was really exciting because we transformed the culture. And if anybody knows anything about, you know, changing a culture, it takes time, anywhere from three to seven years. So this is not a, a quick fix. Um, we had some wild success, and I was able to take that model and create a company called Total Well-Being, Um, which was a consulting company, and then uh, um, work with companies like Chipotle, um, uh, Coors, the whole state of Arizona, um, and even Curie Green Mountain. I always like to joke and say, if I could have been paid in kind, I would have been happy. Beers, burritos, (laughs) um, and (laughs) education. Um, But I I was lucky enough. I sold the company to um, Telogen, which is a disease management company. They wanted to get into having the full suite of solutions, right, from prevention to at-risk to disease management to condition management. And then I took a bit of a break to figure out, you know, what did I want to do to really continue to make a difference? And um, that's when I realized uh, I uh, wanted to give back and uh, um, started teaching at the university, I teach the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which is, you know, a class around the the six major technologies that are changing and shaping our world. But what's so exciting about it is I have dovetailed that and I'm working with Immersive worlds. We are building a virtual world platform to bring to healthcare care and well-being. And why this is so pivotal and so exciting and maybe interesting for the audience to learn about is we know... Right now, we're probably the most obese, most self-medicated, most stressed-out adult cohort in history. And although we've been, you know, focusing on corporate well-being and talking about well-being in um, daily life, nothing seems to make a sustainable difference. And so how can we start to harness some of this new technology that can bring us together, especially during COVID, because we know how important connection is. And um, one of the really cool things with this technology is um, when you go into this virtual world, you create your avatar. And they did some studies at uh, the Stanford Usability Lab and found out that when you watch your avatar, it starts to boost your self-confidence and self-efficacy. And you start to gain that confidence that you can make these behavior change um, in your life. And so we're working on bringing that to market to start to uh, expand the programming and the ability to truly connect with people and have them out in the virtual world with each other talking and making um, health and well-being improvement. So that's uh, um, what I'm working on right now, which is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that that, that sounds equal parts fascinating and amazing. Um, Nice. Wow. So from getting to actually think about and theorize about it to working with some of the biggest organizations in the country uh, in actual practice and now... Thinking and and teaching about it and trying to harness technology Um, that's that's super cool and super exciting. So tell me more about uh, uh, about this virtual world. Is this something that I'm in periodically through the day? Or am I jacking into the matrix full time?
1: Right, right. No. Um, So I'm going to talk about two things that I think are super important. First, I'll talk a little bit about the technology. And then, second, I want to talk about um, although this technology is so powerful, it's still really important to focus from an employee, uh, an employer perspective, focus on the culture, right? And focus on your people Mm -hmm. as individuals. Um, and I I don't want to lose that Uh, technology is so powerful, but the human connection is equally, um, or even sometimes more powerful. And so I want to talk about that as well, but to talk about the, the virtual world, um, it's pretty fascinating because, uh, we are just building this virtual world. There's been some studies through, uh, university of Kansas. Um, like I said, the, the Stanford usability lab and, uh, um, Illinois, that has shown uh, in some testing with type 2 diabetes patients, those that were in the face-to-face lost weight, but those that were in this virtual world not only lost weight but sustained the weight loss, which we all know is harder, but most importantly improved their um, uh, uh, nutrition, fruit and vegetable consumption, as well as uh, um, increased their physical activity. So those behaviors that are super important. Uh, the virtual world, probably most people, really when they think of that, they think of goggles. And that's fantastic, and, but we are focusing on bringing this to uh, the workplace and through healthcare plans via a tablet. So it doesn't require the costly goggles, <laughs> and you can do it anywhere, anytime. So basically you go into the virtual world and you've got a coach Um, you get some content, learn some information, you practice it in the virtual world, watching yourself. And then, as I said, it builds that self-confidence, self-efficacy, so you start to manage and create these behaviors in real life. So you really, you don't spend a lot of time. You're out in the virtual world, maybe 10 minutes in the morning, maybe in the afternoon, in the evening, and it pops up and gives you reminders. And so perhaps you're trying to, You know manage your stress through healthier habits and rituals or lose weight and nine o'clock is that bewitching hour where you just want ice cream or you just want you know some wine to to unwind but you're really focused on trying to make these behavior change you can meet one of your friends uh, or cohort members in the virtual world at nine o'clock at night and go for a walk along this beautiful beach that in uh, uh, Hawaii and surf that urge. Um, There's voice chat and text chat. So you can really have that connection and you're, you're virtually there, but you're able to connect um, just as if you were with that person, which is really important and can help overcome, you know, a lot of those challenges uh, of, of going back to your old habits. Um, so I think that that's one of the really cool and unique attributes of this new technology. And, uh, um so far, there hasn't been much work using virtual world for prevention and well-being. So it's a really unique opportunity to take all of this, you know, fourth industrial revolution technology and start to try and continue and solve what has been unsolvable.
0: Yeah. Well, I, but, I think yeah. that's it, fascinating. I. Yeah, I, fa- frankly, I'm I'm sort of surprised that that it's been super effective. It it doesn't necessarily seem just as as I'm hearing it that that would have this this dramatic impact. What what do you attribute that to?
1: Well, the in the research it shows it, it's really about um, that Proteus effect. And as, if you think about, you know, self-efficacy and, and the the uh, cognitive theory, social cognitive theory, really people, have, as they build up that the self-confidence and, and self-efficacy, they start to believe they can do it. So it really taps into that and using the Proteus effect to make it really, really sticky. And the other point, though, that I want to make uh, in terms of overall well-being is how important... It is to focus on overall well-being. You know, I gave some examples on on research with the the weight loss. We're working on adding components in this virtual world to focus on mental well-being Mm -hmm. and emotional well-being, right? We are probably um, at any time right now very stressed, very anxious. You know, burnout is at an all-time high, and how do we – you know, move beyond just physical well-being to the psychological well-being. And to your point, you know, um, the the focus on the financial well-being and how that plays a role in our stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And so we're, as we build out this world, we're starting to add different um, islands, so to speak. It's all set in Hawaii, so it be very beautiful. Nice. Um, and you've got an <laughs> island where you can go focus on any of those um, Components of well-being. But I think the, the one point I also want to make is, you know, for organizations, a lot of time they are just focusing on, oh, okay, I want to put a well-being program in place to save on healthcare costs. And, you know, that's just one component. Um, and the important thing is, you know, improving bottom line performance by changing individual employee lives absolutely can work. But for the past, you know, decades, well-being programs just have not typically been a material business driver because companies naturally doubt the impact of this kind of culture-based investment. So when an organization starts thinking about this, there are three very critical things, and this is where a lot of organizations kind of fall down. They don't really understand their business case. Like, why are they doing this? And so stopping this and think, am I doing this to recruit and retain top talent? Am I doing this to pre- prevent, avoid, manage healthcare conditions and costs? Or am I doing this to truly inspire my people to be their best and create this great place to work? And, you know, honestly, the organizations that have really, really transformed their culture, they address all three of those versus the organizations that are just trying to put a well-being program in place to manage healthcare costs. The probably the second um, most important thing for organizations to think about is they have to ground the program in strategy. I can't tell you how many organizations I've worked with that uh, they just throw spaghetti against the wall. It's just a bunch of tactics and it's not strategic. Um, So when I say ground the program in a strategy, you know, truly analyzing the data and creating a strategy, socializing it, role modeling. I just, uh, um, you know, I'm in this PhD program in this uh, leadership class um, where, you know, learning about the last five decades on transformational leadership. And there's finally some really fascinating um, research just in 2017 to 2019 on the on the transformational leader that really can make an impact on on well-being and and role modeling and actually how their uh, care for their own well-being um, parlays into uh, their care and uh, um, role modeling for their their followers their their team. Um, also, you know, making sure that it's communicated and marketed effectively, and you've got quality. Quality initiatives um, and you start to truly create those conditions and and, um, cultural norms and then probably the third point is you know a lot of times um, it's important for an organization to stay focused on their core competency right and so there are so many fantastic consultants um, fantastic you know uh, technology platforms and um, a lot of times they can help with you know uh, avoiding very costly missteps. Um, Oftentimes, it's really important to understand that some of these, you know, um, groups, mine in particular, you know, we can share solutions, we can manage the program, or we can train the staff. Um, But a lot of times, you know, it gets delegated to just HR, which is often, you know, a lot of compliance-based programs and not transformational, and it really has to start with the top and cascade down through the C-suite to the, the managers and to the employees and actually inclusion of the employees.
0: Yeah, all, all, all that makes perfect sense. Um, is I, I have to imagine that there are so many things that are stopping organizations from successfully and effectively doing this, uh, just from time and resources knowledge and understanding does an organization have to be fairly established to to be really thinking about a, a a a a legitimately impactful program or can any organization do it
1: oh any organization can do it absolutely and it, it really if, if you think about um the culture of the organization and if you even think about how Uh, people are starting to make decisions on, you know, choosing to work with an organization that they believe in the vision and the mission and the values, right? They start to um, want to work for a company that actually cares about them as a human being. Um, And to your point, you know, there are some really common ways to prevent costly um, false starts or missteps so to speak. Like I said, um, you know, just thinking about this as a tactical program is probably the biggest trip. You really have to think about this as creating an ethos, a way of being right. And, and creating that strategy. So you have a vision and mission and goal, um, and you're truly understanding the needs and interests of your people. And then you're starting to get that alignment And when you see discord right the lack of visible role modeling you course correct or if you've got unengaged middle management you know that doesn't think that this is part of their job (laughs) no it's all part of a job we're human beings and it's no longer you know check your your personal life at the door and come to work we don't live in that kind of world anymore our our personal and professional worlds are completely melding and so giving your employees that Opportunity to be human, get help when they need, um, talking to them and understanding if if they're on the precipice of burnout, what can be done to help them, you know, recuperate and rest and recover and starting to, to help educate employees and actually everybody within the organization how do you start to build positive rituals that can give you more energy, that can help you think clearly, that can help you manage your emotions, that can help you really achieve your full potential instead of you know It being a push like I have to do this creating those rituals that you look forward to that are almost part of the collective team So it's just you know, the way business is done that becomes a pull
0: Do you wake up every day super excited to uh, dig into this work?
1: <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but yeah, it's six o'clock in the morning and I was like, oh, I get to talk about, you know, yes. the most favorite thing that I live <laughs> and I teach and I work and it's really interesting, George. So, you know, I, I have a big why and I think this is important too for an organization to think about if they're deploying and, and starting to think about creating this culture of well-being is why are they doing it? You know, and going to the why, but more importantly, each individual has to find their why. What is it that's driving them to do it? When I look back on my career, you know, my dad was a neurosurgeon, and I always wanted to be like him. there were five kids, and nobody went into medical school, so I was like oh i i uh, I'm his last chance, I'm his last <laughs> hope and uh, um it was i did pre med and I struggled I really struggled. it was mm. so hard for me. And uh you know, when I was in my twenties, he died he He worked so hard saving everybody's else life that he didn't exercise, he didn't eat right, he didn't manage his stress and it totally opened my eyes, and I realized I wanted to help people thrive and avoid that, so people didn't have to lose their husband, their father, their son, at an early age or or you know mother or sister or daughter. And so that inspired me to go into this work um, for prevention, and I realized the way I could make the biggest impact was going into organizations and, you know, changing lives. Because if I could change these lives, that could not only impact them, their family, which then impacts their community. It can also impact, you know, the organization, improve performance, improve um, productivity, improve engagement, improve recruitment and retention. All of those things that companies are striving for. And it really can come down to caring for your people.
0: Amen. I love it. Colleen savage nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: I I think I would my thing my tip would be you know think about What your why is and think about creating just one small ritual you could build into your day that would uh, help you feel more energized more calm um, more clear-headed Think about what would help you thrive and just start to build in one small ritual you could do every day to start making that difference.
0: Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Colleen, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the best place to connect with me is LinkedIn, Um, Colleen Riley, and I love to connect with anybody, share more of the work I'm doing and uh, um, whether it's consulting um, or learning more about this uh, virtual world technology, but, or uh, they can follow me. Um, I post uh, a monthly article on Forbes.com and they can read about uh, some of the things that uh, I'm working on and interested in.
0: Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Colleen your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Uh, You can find her on LinkedIn. I will list that notes of the show as well as her monthly piece in Forbes.com. Thank you again, Colleen. All
1: right. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Have a great, wonderful uh, Thanksgiving holiday.
0: You as well. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social?